We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Hour 2 of Sports Talk Saturday officially underway here on WGR. And uh, we'll be switching gears away from talking about the Sabres and Jack Eichel and everything that went down uh, two nights ago in the Heritage Classic tomorrow. And we will shift gears to NFL free agency, which gets underway on Monday. The official legal tampering period gets underway. And then Wednesday is when all of those legal tampering period signings actually become official. And joining me to talk about it all is Matt Lombardo of Fansided. He's the national NFL insider for Fansided on the Western Hotline. Matt, I hope that you did not take out your spring golf attire because, my friend, uh, they're going to get put away for a couple more weeks, it looks like. For sure, Nate. We, we have you know wind-blown snow here. But I'll tell you this. It's been really nice in the brand-new football headquarters home office at the basement. Uh, a good friend of mine <laughs> gave me some putting targets for Christmas. Nice. So I, I believe that once the golf season kicks off in earnest, the putting will be dramatically improved. You know what I find us Northeastern golfers like, you know, we spend all of our off seasons at the, we've got a couple of domes here locally in Buffalo that I'll go to, got a buddy with a simulator, you know, trackman, all that good stuff. I don't touch the putter from like what, November to March. And I just expect to walk out there with all of these new and improvements, new clubs, new this. And the guy doesn't touch the putter for four months and expects to walk out of the course shooting seventies. What a, uh, what, what a life us Northeastern golfers live, you know? You know, what's going to be even more frustrating for me is that I've spent months and months with the putter in my hand on writing breaks, when I'm bored, sure. when there's a commercial on TV, and I'm going to be just as ticked off when I'm not <laughs> shooting in the 70s after all that practice. And even though I've had some reps in my buddy's simulator in his garage and the putting, I still fully expect to struggle to break mid-80s once the weather uh, hits the mid-80 temperatures. I don't blame you at all, Matt. I, I blame the conditions because, let me tell you, when it's cold, <laughs> it's windy, and, you know, the ball isn't flying, we're plugging in the middle of fairways, like, that is not an us problem. That is that is a – that's an environmental <laughs> problem. And, you know, once we get to, like, May-June time where we'll get some rollout on some of these fairways, we'll both be in a much better place. So I'll check back in in May, and I'll leave the spring golf out of it for, for, for the not-so-distant future, my friend. Love it. I'm excited. Can't wait to get to that point. Same with here, man. And obviously, both of us are excited about the league year, uh, you know, sort of in the uh, in our near sights here coming up next Wednesday. Uh, but first, the legal tampering period opens up. And obviously, over the last seven days or so, we've had a lot of action across the league. I wanted to start first with Russell Wilson with you, Matt, who obviously was traded this last week to the Denver Broncos. And, you know, you, you kind of put together a, a, a string of tweets this morning that I, I kind of found interesting about Drew Locke and and some of the return that the Seahawks have because it's it's apparent now Matt that the Seahawks have or have or are planning on turning their attention to Deshaun Watson and being a team that is that is intending to be in that sweepstakes do you get the sense that because that's a team with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that it's a place that Deshaun Watson might be willing to waive his no trade clause to go to 
Yeah, Nate, I think that's a really fair assessment on both fronts. And, you know, just spending time last night talking to people inside the league, there's a real growing sense that at least one eye on the trade that sent Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos was on going all in on Deshaun Watson as their next quarterback because they acquired a boatload of draft capital. They loaded up there. They cut cap space by releasing Bobby Wagner, which makes absorbing the remainder of Deshaun Watson's contract and maybe even negotiating a new deal a lot more palatable, a lot more manageable under the cap. And, you know, just kind of putting two and two together in my head, uh, talking to coaches and executives around the NFL, people are just as skeptical about next year's draft class at the quarterback position as they are this year. So getting Drew Locke back as part of that deal feels like a sticking point to me for going out and getting Deshaun Watson. Because when you talk to people around the NFL, there's a strong belief that this could be a 6-8-10 game minimum suspension Mm. for Deshaun Watson. So any trade that a team makes to bring him in is with an eye towards the future. And the Seahawks now are kind of straddling this line between if they go for Watson, they can showcase Locke for however long that he's suspended and then drop Deshaun Watson into that lineup. And, you know, I talked to an executive last night, and he told me flat out, you're trading for Deshaun Watson for the future, Mm. and you're just trying to tread water in 2022 because he's 26 years old, a top-five talent, and you have him for at least two years. So uh, how this unfolds, whether it's Seattle, whether it's Carolina or elsewhere, is going to be really fascinating to see what Houston's able to get back in return. Matt, Carolina has been sort of the one consistent name we've heard for the better part. I, I would almost say like a full calendar year and the interest that Carolina has had. And, and, and the, the skepticism that's existed in the league, Matt, has always been whether or not Deshaun Watson would waive his no trade clause to go to Carolina. I, I get the sense, Matt, there's not going to be a shortage of suitors for Deshaun Watson. And if that's the case, where do you see Carolina slotting in here? Because I think they probably have the assets to get it done the question would be is after unloading those assets in order to acquire Deshaun Watson to your point about the future of this does Matt Rule have another year to wait for Deshaun Watson or is this a move that the Carolina Panthers make without really thinking about how it potentially affects the outcome of their head coach yeah, I think that that's really fair, because if you get a franchise quarterback, you kind of can figure the rest out from there, and Deshaun Watson would certainly be that. And let's not forget, Deshaun Watson has a full no-trade clause. So you look at the situation in Seattle, I'd make the argument that the San Francisco 49ers started Trey Lance potentially. Uh, to me, other than the Los Angeles Rams, there's not a whole lot of consistent threats in that division, but in Carolina... You look at the Panthers with Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey and some of the young receivers that they have there, and they have the ability to go up maybe in free agency and spend a little bit to build around him. They're the favorites in the NFC South with Deshaun Watson for maybe not this year, but at least the next several years. Mm -hmm. And if Watson finds that appealing, that can be a really fascinating landing spot for him. Um, and, And I would hazard a guess that if Matt Rule gets Deshaun Watson for half a season or nine games, I think that they'd be in a really nice position, given the quarterback uncertainty in New Orleans and Tampa Bay and just how far away the Falcons are from competing, that as soon as you drop Watson into that lineup, they'd win enough games to save Matt Rule's job.
Matt, a lot of reports over the last couple of days talking about Mitchell Trubisky and the number that he could potentially command in the open market. A lot of this also probably has to do with whether or not Watson gets moved before the league year starts. Where do you expect Mitchell Trubisky to fall into in terms of a yearly number? And there was, there's been a lot of teams and people pointing to the New York Giants as a potential destination, but at 10 or $15 million per year, that doesn't seem like a viable number for Joe Shane to make that move and bring Trubisky in to, to, to compete directly with Daniel Jones. And, and do you get the sense that that is maybe more a, a narrative across league circles rather than a true reality for the Giants, who I, I would guess probably want to see exactly what they have in Daniel Jones? And by bringing Trubisky in, Matt, I'm not sure you get the clearest path to doing that. Yeah, Nate, I wrote about this specifically the other day. The Mitchell Trubisky rumors to the Giants, they don't add up for me. First of all, because of the 10 to $15 million price tag, and the Giants now are only something like $7 million under the cap after all of their restructurings and moves this week. But you talk to people around the NFL, and Trubisky, given just how scared and worried this draft class makes executives and coaches around the NFL – Trubisky has a chance to be the marquee three-agent quarterback. Now, Deshaun Watson being on the market certainly complicates things, but you look at teams, the Indianapolis Colts would make some sense for Mitchell Trubisky. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers would make a lot of sense for Mitchell Trubisky. And depending on what happens with Jameis Winston, New Orleans Saints might be the ideal landing spot because you put him in a climate-controlled environment. You have a lot of offensive weapons around him, a quarterback-friendly scheme. To me... Those are the places that make the most sense for for Mitchell Trubisky. And you talk to people around the NFL, he's this year's version of a Ryan Fitzpatrick, of a Marcus Mariota, because coaches and executives, they look through the same list of free agent quarterbacks every year, and they roll their eyes because they know what these guys are. There's a belief inside the NFL that Trubisky – was really a victim of circumstance with the Chicago Bears that the issues were Matt Nagy and the scheme rather than Mitchell Trubisky, and that him spending a year as a backup, getting those extra reps with Brian Dable in Buffalo, had really set him up to potentially have a nice second half of his career. So I think there's a far higher chance, Nate, that Mitchell Trubisky winds up as a starting quarterback somewhere on a 10 to $15 million deal than if he winds up in New York. And if the Giants do go that route, I fully expect a Daniel Jones trade to happen Mm. quickly afterwards because I don't think that you're going to have that much invested in two quarterbacks. Matt Lombardo here on the West Her Hotline. He's a national NFL reporter for Fansided. And, you know, I, I, I want to kind of go back again because the, the rumors yesterday from Aaron Wilson uh, reporting that the one a, a dark horse trade destination for Deshaun Watson and, and a team that's been doing their homework on this situation and considered a wild card are the Cleveland Browns, which is definitely not a name, Matt, I had envisioned hopping into this conversation. Less about Watson's fit or, or, or the potential there in Cleveland, but more about whether or not there would be a, a robust market for current Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield if they really truly intend to get into the sweepstakes and, and ultimately acquire Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I've heard a lot of speculation, a lot of whispering that the Browns not only are not going to pay Baker Mayfield, but that he's available this offseason. And it wouldn't surprise me if they try to move him, but I really don't know how strong that market is going to be. And again, if you're going to line him up against Mr. Trubisky, 
I think teams are going to prefer to just pay Mitchell Trubisky than to trade some sort of asset to get Baker Mayfield. And if Deshaun Watson is on the move, that's going to be one less team that needs a quarterback. And if he goes to Carolina, maybe that means that a Sam Darnold is going in as part of the deal. So there are a lot of moving parts here. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, has a far stronger market than a Baker Mayfield does. So I think that if the Browns, who seem very willing to move off of Baker Mayfield and look towards 2023 or 2024 to go and get their quarterback, if it's not Deshaun Watson in a blockbuster trade, I just don't know how strong that market's going to be. One of the names and one of the teams that have been sort of rumored to be interested in Baker Mayfield if he became available, Matt, are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And and that's not, I guess, I wouldn't say that's news. It seems like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be on, in on just about every free agent or potential trade candidate at the quarterback position. What do you expect for Tampa Bay to do this offseason, considering they still have a roster that is probably good enough with a franchise-level quarterback to compete in the NFC, considering it's, it's not very top-heavy at all in terms of quarterback play? Who do you expect they to be, or them to be maybe the most hot after? And who do you think is most likely likely to be starting at the quarterback position in Bruce Arians' offense in 2022. Yeah, I think that that, we talk about, Nate, the, the ideal fits for Trubisky, I think that checks all of the boxes. A warm-weather climate, a quarterback-friendly coach with a system of consistently producing big results from the quarterback position, and a great supporting cast. You bring Chris Godwin back on the franchise tag. Mike Evans is there. We'll see what they wind up doing at tight end. I think they might be a team to watch for someone like a Zach Ertz. But they have the weapons there. They have a defense that's young, has playmakers at all three levels. And you, you said it best. The path to the Super Bowl in the NFC is a lot easier because of the quarterback situation in that side of the bracket than over in the AFC. So I would think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are probably going to be in the mix for a Mitchell Trubisky. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo if they can win that sweepstakes, might be the best fit and put them in a position to make a run towards the NFC Championship game or further. Matt Lombardo here on the Wester Hotline, NFL correspondent, and uh, he, he covers the league at large for fan-sided. Matt, I, before I ask you a couple of things here to close things off about the Bills and, and kind of their plans heading into this week, I, I, I did want to get your overall thoughts uh, uh, about the Colts and kind of what where they go from here. I found it really interesting the PR gymnastics certain people had to do to congratulate the arsonist for putting out the fire in Indianapolis because Chris Ballard and Frank Reich put their neck out for Carson Wentz, traded a, a conditional pick that turned out to be a first-round pick that effectively, Matt, put them out of the running for a guy like Russell Wilson. In, in your estimation... Has the has the has the seat gotten a little warm considering the Carson Wentz experience didn't work out and and where do they go from here because it feels like a Jimmy Garoppolo trade is going to have to require at least one first round pick and if the Indianapolis Colts are going to trade a pick it's not going to be for until twenty twenty three. No, you're right, and I think it's fascinating watching what happened in Indianapolis during the combine because Chris Ballard. Watching that press conference, he really sounded like a used car salesman who finally found Jesus. Like he just decided, you know what? Forget this. I'm, I'm not going to sell you this, you know, '68 Dodge Duster and tell you that it's a Camaro. Oh, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm not sure I've ever seen a GM hurt his quarterback's trade value as much as Chris Ballard did. And then he was able to to move him, which I think is is just as fascinating. It speaks to his adeptness as a general manager and the fact that he could 
tank that trade value, still get a return for him. But as far as where the Colts go from here, a name to watch that a couple of scouts have said would be a really nice fit is Jordan Love. Now, I don't know that the Packers are going to want to trade a backup quarterback who's on a rookie deal, especially because of the fact that Rodgers might only play two more seasons, or maybe they want to have a backup plan in case they have this ring and roll every year of where will Rodgers play, will he stay, will he go. But presuming they sign him to that $200 million contract, they got to start worrying about salary cap situations in a couple of years down the line, not to mention freeing up money this year. And you look at, at the pieces they have with T.Y. Hilton, and they have Jonathan Taylor. They have a great offensive line. Jordan Love is a former first-round pick. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see in the next couple of days Jordan Love winds up on the move in a mm. deal someplace like the Colts or if the Seahawks don't wind up trading for Deshaun Watson. Keep an eye there as well. Interesting. I know Jordan loves a name that that I was sort of interested in, in thinking about and, and where he might go. And I, I would think if you're Jordan Love and you're Jordan Love's agent, you know, th- this has turned out to be kind of worst case scenario for you. But at the same time, you know, it's not it's not to say that he won't have options and suitors across the league. Do you do you get the sense that that Jordan Love will probably want to be moved? Considering you're talking about two years, that 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 means you you're you're a rookie that's drafted in the first round pick that won't really see meaningful snaps until your fifth year option. And I, and I think that's probably a tough pill to swallow if you're Jordan Love. Oh, I agree. And, you know, on, on one hand, you get to, you know, cash that, that nice first-round pick contract for a few years. And, um, you know, you, you're still kind of that intriguing young prospect that general managers might have an eye towards when the time is right to move on. Or you get to learn from Matt LaFleur for another year. And we've seen what happened in that offense for Aaron Rodgers winning back-to-back MVPs. But I'm with you. I think that if you're Jordan Love and you want to prove yourself that you can be a franchise quarterback, it wouldn't be the, the craziest thing in the world at all to suggest that he might request a trade. And I, I think that if he is available and he's on the market, I think you slot him right in there, maybe just below Jimmy Garoppolo as the third most sought-after quarterback this offseason. Interesting, interesting. Um, Matt, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of Bills rumors um, and some players that have been tied to the Bills. I think it's from the sounds of the players that we've been hearing the Bills being tied to, two most notably Rob Gronkowski, former, uh, you know, obviously a, a Western New Yorker, his family, he's from Western New York. That I think that's made sense. The Bills had interest in signing him last offseason before he returned to Tampa Bay to play with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is not in the league, at least as of right now. So I think if there was a time to, to, to pounce on the Gronk idea, it's probably this offseason. But there have also been tied to the Giants' Evan Ingram, who's going to be a free agent this offseason. Any idea? It, it seems like, Matt, that the Bills are looking to add at the tight end position behind Dawson Knox. Are those either of those names surprising to you, and do you expect the Bills to be active in, in trying to get some more weapons around Josh Allen? Oh, I think that they understand their window to surround Josh Allen with weapons. Is, is pretty slim, right? They need to do this, especially when you look at the quarterback play across the AFC with Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson. Uh, th- those guys are all going to have their teams in the mix to go to the Super Bowl. And if Buffalo wants to stay in that conversation, they need to keep building around Josh Allen. I think that the Evan Ingram conversation makes a lot more sense for Buffalo than the Rob Gronkowski conversation, just because the prior relationship in college between Evan Ingram and Dawson Knox, just because mm. of the fact that they've now given Cole Beasley the 
uh, the opportunity to pursue a trade. And I think he's going to have a reasonably strong market. I think there's going to be a few teams interested there. But Evan Ingram, he's almost more of a slot receiver than a blocking tight end. So if you can run a multi-tight end set, you have, and I've talked to coaches about this, leading into the new league year when it comes to Evan Ingram, the best fit is a star quarterback who runs multi-tight end sets and has multiple multiple weapons around him where he's not asked to be, quote-unquote, the guy. I actually think Buffalo might be an ideal fit for an Evan Ingram in free agency, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's one of the first calls that the Bills make when the new league year begins, if they haven't scratched out a deal already. Matt, last thing for you here on the Bills, short of adding a weapon or two on the offensive side of the ball, there's been a lot of rumors about you know making a splash on the defensive side of the ball, potentially Chandler Jones. Um, they, there's been talk on some other edge players that they could potentially be on. Is that also sort of the, the thought process right now that the Bills, uh, listen, a team that spent high assets last year, a first and second round pick on the edge position. They've got veterans like Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, and F.A. Obata, all three leaving right now. At least at least it appears they'll be leaving in free agency. Do you expect them to be a player in the defensive end and edge market and, and maybe at some of the big names that'll be available? I do, and I think that cornerback and edge rusher are the two premium positions where I would watch, whether that's with a Stephon Gilmore or a J.C. Jackson, whether it's Chandler Jones, whether it's one of the lesser uh, pass rushers who's available. I think the Bills are going to be shopping in those two markets because everything we've talked about about the AFC, and you saw the Chargers do that this week, jumping on the trade for Khalil Mack a day after Russell Wilson goes to Denver. You're going to need to build a defense that can counterpunch these elite quarterbacks in your conference. So it wouldn't surprise me or shock me at all if you see a big-name rusher or cornerback wind up in Buffalo. Matt, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you. Uh, let, uh, let the people know where they can find you, considering it'll be a big week to be following you on Twitter and, uh, and all of your work. Yeah, thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. Always fun coming on, guys. You can follow me on Twitter, at Matt Lombardo NFL, also on Instagram, at Matt Lombardo NFL. And the weekly column on Wednesday at fansided.com, um, hoping to have some interesting free agent nuggets for you there as well. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, enjoy your uh, your weekend and uh, get some rest tomorrow. It's going to be a big week next week. You got it, brother. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. Uh, Matt Lombardo there of Fansided covers the NFL for Fansided. Make sure you uh, you check out his work. He's very plugged in, has a lot of great uh, a lot of great resources, and we'll be keeping everyone up to date on free agency next week. Going to take a time out. Aaron Quinn of Cover One joins us coming up next year on WGR. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, everybody, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Nate Geary, we are at the halfway mark. I've got a loaded next hour coming your way. It starts off right now with Aaron Quinn joining me on the Wester Hotline. Aaron uh, is a podcast co-host over at Cover One Buffalo with uh, another friend of the program, Greg Thompson. Aaron, glad to have you on, my friend. I've got a bunch of players that I'm going to rapid fire at you, and you're going to tell me whether or not you think they're good options for the Buffalo Bills are you ready, first and foremost? And secondly, it's great to hear your voice, even though I haven't heard it, it yet. I was going to say, it's great uh, to be on. I have to now take back all the bad things I said about you, Derek, last, a couple weeks ago. That's when fine. On. That's fine. Uh, so I, I take all that stuff back. But it's good to be on. I always miss talking to you, man. It's been a while. Well, listen, uh, we've got a lot to talk about in this free agent market and very, very little time to do it because – the legal tampering period is very close, uh, Aaron, just under 48 hours away. The so legal with part. The yeah. legal, yeah, the, the legal illegal thing that, that the yeah. NFL teams do. I want to start, and, and you can take your time answering. We're going to get through as many guys as possible. I'm going to start with a 32-year-old edge player, Aaron Chandler Jones from Arizona. Thoughts on his fit and whether or not you believe the Bills should pursue him in free agency. Yeah, I mean, ideally, yes, they should pursue him. We want to get better, right, at the edge. I think everybody wants more sacks. We want more production. My problem here is we've heard him say it's not about the money. He just wants to contend and be in a position to succeed. I think the Bills check those boxes. But even when guys say it's not about the money, Nate, we know that it's, it's always a little bit about the yeah. money. Yeah, it's always <laughs> about the money. So, like, it depends how big of a discount is it that he's willing to take because the Bills are going to be up against the cap a little bit. I don't think they're going to be in that paying a guy $15 million average range. And if that's what he's looking for, I think there will be other competitive teams that are going to be able to do that. And I, I just don't know. But as far as should be – should Bean be pursuing and trying to get a hold of him? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to throw a couple more edge players at you here, Aaron. I'm going to start with former number one overall pick, Jadavian Clowney, who had not necessarily a resurgence season in Cleveland last year, but certainly regained some of the value it felt like he had right. lost over the last two seasons. Thoughts on Clowney as a potential fit for the Buffalo Bills this free agent period? I liked Clowney for a few years and wanted the Bills to try to bring him in to kind of create that resurgence. 
the sack total seems weird to me when you look at it just from an analytics perspective. And he's not a guy I've watched on film. I'm wondering if some of those sacks came because of some of the other guys on the Browns defense, Miles Garrett being one of them, forcing sacks his way. I don't know if you know that's where the production comes from, but definitely I, I think he's in the same ballpark as a Jerry Hughes type of, hey, you bring this guy in for that cheap price and hope to get that more sack production than you've gotten from Hughes. The other guy that has sort of the same type of body and, and frame um, and, you know, doesn't have as much time on the job because of suspensions and being away from the league, but the Dallas Cowboys' Randy Gregory at 29 years old, coming off a career year last year. It's pretty obvious with Demarcus Lawrence there were some trade rumors. They could potentially try to move him, but as of late, the, the talk in Dallas is that he will remain a Dallas Cowboy. They've got uh, they've got Kaiser, right? Uh, is, that, is that his name? No, um, um Micah, Micah, Parsons. Parsons. I don't know why I thought Kaiser. I don't know why I thought that. But they've got two legitimate top-end edge rushers, likely can't afford Randy Gregory at 29 years old. Thoughts on the Bills fit there? Yeah, I don't know how good of a fit that is or not, and I don't know his market. That's a guy I haven't really looked in because I just assumed he was going back uh, to that Dallas, so I can't really speak to whether or not yet that he's a fit. He hasn't been on my free agent radar. That's as much as I'll say about that. Another guy, uh, Aaron, at the edge position that I think would be a very interesting name is Emmanuel Ogba, played for the Miami Mm -hmm. Dolphins last season. Not necessarily a household name, 15-and-a-half sack kind of guy, but could be good value for the Bills. I wonder if he may end up, you know, securing the bag, though, this uh, this offseason. Yeah, so this is a guy that, in an ideal world, again, I'd love to be able to add him to the Bills because I think he gives you – not only good uh, pressures, sacks, I think he's a good run defender as well. But, see, this is going to be one of those areas where we talk a lot about the Bills are now in that position where guys will take somewhat of a discount to play on a competitor. But that's more guys at the end of their career that have already gotten big-time money. I think this is his probably one chance to, like you said, get the bag and get some big-time money. And I don't know that the Bills are that place for free agents this year. So I think if you're looking for – a splash edge it's going to be a guy more like a Chandler Jones at the end of his career willing to take a discount than a guy that's looking to get his big money for the first time let's transition over to the offensive side of the ball the sexy side of the ball Aaron and Mm -hmm. I want to ask you first about guard because I'm wondering if this is a team that you believe might look at the interior offensive line decide that you know they maybe want to move away from Adira Williams and go big fish hunting for a guy like Brandon Scherf for instance out of Washington I would love it if that happened. I think, you know, we did hear Brandon Bean talk about protecting Josh Allen is really one of their top priorities. And if that's true, then you want to see some upgrades. I still think the plan ultimately is going to be to ask Daryl Williams to take a pay cut. Whether or not he's willing to do that is really what allows for the rest of this conversation to go. But if he doesn't take the pay cut and you're going to move on from him, then, yeah, I want to see it a substantial upgrade, and that's one for sure. How about a young player that could potentially fill the Cole Beasley role uh, if he is, in fact, traded or released, which that is, at this point, the expectation. Falcons receiver Russell Gage, 26 years old, coming off back-to-back strong seasons with Matt Ryan. Thoughts on how that might fit and maybe be a good under-the-radar signing for the Bills? Yeah, yeah. so he's part of my – Greg and I have been going through our free agent wish list. And he wasn't my number one. Byron Pringle was my number one uh, wish list at wide receiver. But Russell Gage is right there. And for all the reasons you said, I think that really he can fill 
that Cole Beasley role and still also give you some of that gadget stuff. Say if you go with a bigger slot, we've heard rumors of an Evan Ingram possibly having interest in, in Buffalo. You know Gabe Davis can run that big slot type of thing. So it gives you a little bit of versatility. So depending on his market value, I would love to take a swing at Gage. I think you could use some of uh, Beasley's money towards that. So, you know, when you ever you see whoever it is value, you got to think that Beasley's money goes towards that as well. So um, ultimately, I'd love to get Beasley back at a discount. But if you can, I think that'd be a great move. Let me ask you about a player that has been seen vacationing with Josh Allen, Cardinals wide receiver Christian Kirk. And to throw in an extra little tidbit here, NBC Sports Edge uh, tweeted out last hour that the expectation for Christian Kirk is he could expect and potentially demand over $15 million per year on his next contract. Thoughts on the fit? And do you believe the Bills could find him at a number that's a little more palatable? I think $15 million is way, way out of the, uh, the realm of possibility. Yeah, so this is one thing Greg is a lot better at than me is projecting values of players because I'm always wrong. And <laughs> whenever I say, oh, there's no way a guy's going to get that, I see that he ends up getting that. End of a contract, it's going to get a little crazy here next week. And he could be one of those guys that just a team gets crazy about. I don't know that it's $15 million, but I think his he's going to be at the higher end of the wide receiver market and, and probably more than the Bills want to get into, especially when you look at how deep this wide receiver class is in the draft and we know I think you know about me I'd rather always get NFL production but if there's two positions that you can almost bank on rookies giving you production it's running back and wide receiver so I'm not going to get into a you know an arms race or a bidding war over Christian Kirk if I can get a guy at 25 or in the second round that I can bank on some production from. I want to keep on the offensive side of the ball, um, Aaron, and I want to ask you about Giants tight end Evan Engram, who this week had been uh, directly sort of pointed towards the Bills as a potential fit. And I, funny enough, a replacement for uh, for Cole Beasley at the tight end position. Does it seem weird that he would be a guy that maybe folks look at as a slot replacement for the Bills? Or, or are, are you seeing that as a good potential fit? It's interesting because I think it would show a little bit of a change in philosophy for the Bills' offense uh, to if they move on from a shifty Beasley to a guy uh, like Ingram. But Bruce Nolan, another friend of yours and mine, pointed out a great tweet uh, saying his speed at the 40 was the same as Isaiah McKenzie, which is kind of crazy to think about when you think of his build. And I know he hasn't been as productive as people projected him to be, but you got to look at the quarterback play over in New York the last few years for him. So I think it's a really interesting fit. It's not something I'm super excited about or pounding the table, but it would be interesting to see that big type of body of Gabe Davis who can move inside or outside and has a similar big build. So it would be kind of interesting to see what Dorsey would do with that type of setup. But I don't know that it's a tight end two option. I know he can play in line and he gives you that versatility, but I still would think – if they bring in Ingram, I, I think they're still in the market for a legitimate tight end to more of a blocking tight end to in free agency. Another name that has been tied to the Bills, Aaron, is former Tampa Bay Buccaneer running back Leonard Fournette. At 27 years old, a history with some of the players on this Bills roster back from his time right. in Jacksonville. It sounds like the Bills have been tied to just about every running back that's either been mentioned about potentially being traded or the higher-end ones available in free agency. Is that a name that if the Bills were to go out and get that would excite you about what his addition means to the Bills' offense? I've not always been the biggest Fournette fan, but he's been pretty productive in Tampa, uh, especially being a pass-catching running back, which I didn't really see coming all that much for him. So I'd welcome it. I think 
uh, Zach Moss, for me, has only regressed. And so I don't think that's a necessarily a great plan to have him as the running back two heading into camp. So I'd love to see really any of these names that were being associated to the Bills. I'd be all for it. But again, uh, this is a, another position where I do think you can draft and, and get some immediate production out of a guy. And we know that I feel comfortable with the floor of who Devin Singletary is. And as long as he's getting the bulk of the production, I think you have a at least average running game and he could be a productive player. So I don't need them to overpay or again, get in a bidding war for any type of guy. But if a guy wants to take a discount and chase another ring, the bills are a great spot for it. And I wonder in the same conversation, if a guy that would require less touches, you know, 150, 170 touches a year, a guy like Chase Edmonds who can come out of the backfield and be a top-end receiver there and also be the speed element I think this team has has been vastly missing over the last couple of seasons, does he maybe make the most sense of the free agent guys that are in terms of scheme fit and need and the potential value he will uh, he will be asking for on the open market? I love Chase Edmonds, and I think he, you nailed that he's a, a fit and he provides exactly what I would like to see the Bills add at the running back position. I, I think his market might be higher than we're thinking it is right now, uh, but that's something we'll find out as soon as free agency starts. But I got another name for you who's my top running back in my free agency wish list. It's J.D. McKissick. Mm. Uh, he's a, he's a, one of these guys that I think would just be, be great with Josh Allen and in this passing game, and he can be a runner and at that speed. He's, he's my top free agent wish list running back. I want to ask you before I let you go, Aaron, about the cornerback position because I think this is a yeah. sneaky good one for the Bills to get better at. I know Dante Jackson has been talked about a lot on your show um, as a potential yeah. scheme fit, a guy that um, you know could add to the one thing we heard Brandon Bean talk a lot about in his offseason press conference, team speed, defensive speed. He would really fit the bill. Is there anyone else that you're really looking at? I know Casey Hayward's available in free agency. He's not the youngest guy, but coming off of a really good season. Uh, Rasul Douglas out of uh, Green Bay, who, by the way, was – cut twice last year and was taken off the Cardinals practice squad before having a breakout season in Green Bay. Is there a name at the cornerback position that you think fits the value add team speed addition that uh, that could fit under the salary cap restrictions Brandon Bean's going to have at his disposal? Yeah, obviously for you nailed it for me. Dante Jackson's the one I fell in love with him in the draft a few years ago, a former teammate of Tredavious White has that speed that you desire. Still a flawed player, but I think be a fine cornerback, too, in this league. Still, um, Akella Weatherspoon is another guy Greg has been pounding the table for for a couple of years. He's still in that four four five speed range, 27 years old, 6'2". Um, I, I think he could give you a little bit of that speed. And then somebody that Eric has really uh, done some work on, and I've grown to like a little bit more after seeing his work on, is Sidney Jones, obviously a former first-round pick and has started to really find his stride in the NFL over the last year. Again, he's 25, 6 foot. He's in that 4.47 range speed. So any of those guys would add proven NFL production, which I think is important at cornerback. There's definitely a learning curve at that cornerback position with some speed. Dante Jackson doesn't really check the, the arm length and all those things that we've been talking about lately, boxes, but I think his speed makes up for it. The other guys check the boxes of ideal cornerback size, and they've all played in zone-friendly defenses and I think would be a good smooth transition to this Buffalo defense. If we were talking about Aaron for the last one here, if we're talking about a value edge ad, a guy with some speed, with some bendability, and you had to choose between two of these guys, one of these guys, Arden Key 
or Uchenanuwusu. And Key is a guy that I thought really came on at the end of last season for the 49ers, a guy that had a yeah. disappointing career up until that point, but on the other side of Abosa, really kind of came into his own last year. And Nuwusu, who had 40 total pressures last season, although just five sacks, thought if you had to pick one of those guys who the best fit would be for the Bills on that uh, much-needed defensive end position right now for the Bills. I think I would lean towards Nuso right now. I think that there's a lot of untapped there, and uh, he's a similar position where I think there's probably more there, but because of where he was in the rotation, he wasn't able to fully unlock it. And so I would like to see him be more in a role. Anyone that comes to the Bills is still going to be in a defensive rotation, right? We know that this team likes to rotate their guys. But I think if you gave him more of a prominent role, you'd see all those numbers increase uh, over the time. So I'm leaning towards that. And plus, we know the Bills had him in. They liked him in the draft process. He was a target of theirs then. So I think they also feel he's a fit. All right, Aaron, tell the folks where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your work, and what you and Greg are up to uh, this week leading in to the official start of the league year. For sure. Well, one last comment on this free agency stuff, Nate. This has been uh, really lined up well. When you look at the Bills' biggest needs and where the, how deep these free agency classes are, we talked about cornerback, a lot of guys available there. Defensive tackle, something we didn't really get to hit on. Lots of options to fill those needs and edge. So I think they're going to be able to head into the draft filling most of the needs that they have, whether or not they're the nicest names, the biggest names in the market, I'm not sure. But I don't think they're going to go into the draft with a lot of the needs mm. that we see today. But for us, uh, you can find me at Aaron Quinn 716 with Greg Thompson, my buddy, every single Wednesday night on the Cover One Buffalo podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll, so we'll be on Wednesday night, which will be really the first day of free agency. So hopefully it'll be a nice fire show with, with lots of news to talk about and discuss. And then we'll be from there transitioning to our draft stuff, uh, all leading up to the draft. So you can catch us again every Wednesday night. And uh, at Cover One, we've got something for you pretty much every night of the week. So make sure you're following all the main accounts. Just type in Cover One to whatever social media, YouTube, wherever you're at, and make sure you're following. Awesome, Aaron. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for the insight, as always. Appreciate you, and uh, enjoy your weekend. And uh, obviously, lots of fun stuff to come next week. All right, man. Thanks for having me, bud. Uh, my pleasure. Aaron Quinn there on the Wester Hotline from Cover One. He's the co-host of the Cover One Buffalo podcast with Greg Thompson. I'm going to take a time out. We'll preview the next hour because it's also jam-packed. I've got Mike Kay joining the program as well at 115, a late edition. So we've got a lot going on. Charles McDonald as well from Underdog Sports. That's here on WGR. All right, I promised a jam-packed 1 o'clock hour. Well, I've got it on tap for you coming up next. I've got Charles McDonald of Underdog Fantasy. He joins me at 1 o'clock. I've got Mike Kay of Pro Football Network, and we'll replay for you Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. So that's all coming up next year in the 1 o'clock hour. Don't go anywhere. We're going to get another quick timeout in here, get our spots in on the other side. More football talk coming your way here on WGR. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.